Praise the Lord. How is everybody? Okay, good. This is an awesome class, sonship. Sonship, that means we're in all in Israel sitting here. That means we are matured, but we still am growing out. We're still growing up. <laughs> but praise the Lord. So let's just open up in prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just invite you in, Holy Spirit, into this place. Jesus, come and sanctify our souls so that we can receive your word and the true understanding in which you gave it. So, Lord, help us to have the revelation and to connect with this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Um, this is good. And the time? Tell me the time, Todd. 6.02. Okay, great. I My goal is to really get this done in an hour. Okay? And I think I can do it. Okay. We've been talking about... We've been talking about um, the fig tree. Remember the past two times I've kind of been on this, and we talked about building a house, which comes from your praise. But we're going to hit the fig tree today, and I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I'm going to give you the summary. Jesus was walking along the road, and he saw a fig tree. And he saw the fig tree only had leaves. So he called the tree dead because it had not produced fruit. Okay. If you are saved and in the body of Christ and you are working out your salvation, then you are called to bear fruit. We have to bear fruit. Well, there's fruits of the spirit, love, joy, long suffering, goodness, kindness, patience. And then I think the last one is no self-control, self-control, peace and joy, right? Peace and joy. There's nine, nine fruits of the spirit. All right, and that's in Galatians 5.22, if you want to write that down, Galatians 5.22. Well, so we are called, the volume can go down just a little bit. We are called to actually bear fruit. Now, in the spirit realm, in the spirit realm, we look like a tree, right? Meaning we there's leaves and then there's fruit that comes. But I want to show you what are you really wearing in the spirit. And I want to hit something that I feel like everybody will understand terminology. In the Bible, he did not waste his time using the right word or the wrong word. We just have to come to the understanding of the word. All right? So if everybody wants to turn to their Bibles, if you have your Bibles, we're not going to put all these on the screen. I'm going to read the story, and I'm only going to ask you to put the ones I think are important, but I want you to go to Genesis chapter 3. I want to read part. I'm not going to read everything because there's I got a lot of reading I want to do tonight. So, But I am going to summarize. Everybody knows about when the when Adam was tempted, right? Adam was tempted by Eve to eat the what? The apple. I want to pick up on, if you want to put on the screen, let's pit, pick up on verse 6. Let's start with verse 6. Because this is important. I'm going to show you a demonstration tonight to help you understand a little bit about where you're growing, where we're growing, because we are all called to be sons of God. Okay, and we're all brethren. The word says we're all brethren. So we all have to go through this. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes. Now, remember, the word to us is like food. I want you to know that. And a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and she ate it. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Next verse. It says, then the eyes of both of them were what? Opened. Now, that doesn't mean a good opened. 
but open that we're working with, okay? And they knew that they were what? Naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering. Now, Daniel, come on up and help me for a second here. I'll make Daniel my my uh, thing. Okay, well, I got these little notes, right? Okay, so once he listened to another voice, which came through his what? Wife, eat the apple. You ate it, right? <gasps> Our eyes are opened, right? We can see. We're naked, right? Okay, well, we immediately run and we get fig leaves. So now I want you to think about it. That means I'm covering him up because it says... They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering. That means they did it themselves. Because they had, to, they had another voice that they could listen to, right? But they did not listen to that voice, which was the voice of God. Next verse, please. And let me stand you right here for a second so they can still see the verses. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from what? The presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. That's when we are walking amongst ourselves, we are walking amongst ourselves in the spirit. Some of us look like that. We are hiding the fact that we are not in the Lord's presence because when they were in the presence, they never knew they were what? Naked. So they didn't have to go and grab coverings. Things to cover themselves. So that's what, that's, this, is, this is what a cardinal Christian looks like. A cardinal Christian. Dressed nice, looking nice, but unable to have the victory with the word of God. Because they've worked so hard to create their own covering. We do that by saying, I got to pick the right church. Do you know what I mean? They do that by, I got to pick the right profession. They do that by, I got to do this because my daddy did this, okay? I want you to keep in mind that as we move along life, we do a lot of things that we're putting fig leaves, we are sowing fig leaves to cover an image of ourselves. okay? To cover an image of ourselves. Go to the next verse. It says, then the Lord God called out to Adam and he said, where are you? Next verse. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I did what? Hid myself. So he already knew he was in, in sin, trouble. Come on. How many times when your mom or dad confronted you about something, you had the moment to be like, am I going to tell the truth? Or am I going to try to hide the lie? The moment they put the fig trees on, they were hiding the lie. What was the lie? They had moved out of his presence. They were disconnected from what it felt like to be in the glory. Because when we're in the glory, we don't know we're naked. When you're out of the glory is when you know you're believing in something that's a lie. All right, next verse. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Now, this is important because he wants us to know that God is a God of relationship. He wants to have relationship. He wants to tell us everything that's going on. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit so we would what? Know the truth if we asked. And are you willing to hear? See, the beautiful thing about the spots class is the spot is going to clear the deceptions in your mind 
so you can hear him better. That's our goal. We want everybody to hear his voice better. Now, jump to, let me make sure I hit everything I wanted to hit there. I want you to jump to verse 17, 317. Now, I know you guys know this story. We're going to build on something else here. 317 says, then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your what? Wife. Now, I want to keep that very important. As you heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not even eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Now, isn't that amazing? So he's telling us already here that, okay, things are now going to change in our relationship. But that doesn't mean it's bad. Go to verse, jump down to verse 20. Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was going to be the mother of what? All living. Next verse. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made what? Tunics. Okay. Of skin and he clothed them. Okay. So now God said, great. This person is clothed with the fig leaves. But I did not do that. He did that. He did that. But what he did do is he actually, for Adam and his wife, oh, for Adam and his wife, for Adam and his wife, even though it doesn't make a difference what they did wrong, he made tunics of skin and clothed them. Now, I'm putting a robe on Daniel now because this Daniel represent this robe represents the blood. The blood is the covenant love of God required he required that an innocent animal be sacrificed so he could provide a garment of skin as a covering for Adam and Eve. So who are we really covered by? God. Okay. So now it doesn't make a difference what he did in the past. Okay. God now says, I actually sacrificed an animal that had never died. A true blood sacrifice. And he says, now I'm going to clothe them with the blood. So it doesn't make a difference. Any of the, I don't care about these anymore. I don't care what works he tried to do to cover himself. I don't care if it was wrong. God says, no, I still love Adam and Eve. And I have a plan for their life. So they're going to be robed with the covering of his blood. So now he still was going to work with them. Well, the next, this is awesome. Go to the next verse. So now remember, Jesus clothes us. He clothes us. All right? We are covered by the blood, but he starts to clothe us. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand, and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. New instructions. The instructions are now you may have made yourself a covering, but now I have clothed you and covered you in a blood sacrifice. So now he says, you're going to be, we're, we're now the same. You're going to have to take from the tree of life that's in the garden. You're going to have to take at the tree of life. You're going to have to eat that and live what? And forever. 
So even though, isn't it amazing how we can start creating ourselves, but until we just really surrender to God, he wants to clothe us with truth. But he says, now it's going to take a relationship. You're going to now have to do some work. He says, now you're going to have to put out his hand, put out his hand, and he is going to have to take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So God already in the beginning said that he, he had a way out for us, but it was going to come through sacrifice. All right, sit for a second, because when we get to the next row, but it's going to be a little bit more teaching. I don't know if you want your notebook on this, because it'll take some, a little bit of time. So here, he provided a garment of skin covering Adam and Eve. This was an actual foreshadowing of when Christ came. Now, I'm reading this from a, like a little thing. So I didn't write this, and it wasn't. This is just a good way. It was written very well. It became our atonement for the necessity of judgment upon the innocent to provide a covering for the guilty. See, when we accept Christ in our heart, we already have a relationship that, man, sometimes we take that robe off. Sometimes we unzip that robe, we take it off, and I'm going back to the stickies. I'm going back to cover myself. Do you know what I mean? Because I like my way. Because remember, if you saw, that was their way of covering themselves. That was, they took the leaves off. They were creating. They were man-making their way. When God wanted to show the way that all of us, we are already in Christ Jesus. And we are clothed in his blood. That's how he sees us. Because as we keep growing, he wants us to be righteous in him. All right, and that's going to be the last robe that we're going to talk about. But let's finish this up. It's very important that God's order provided a covering by means of a sacrifice. Under the new covenant, we are required to be clothed with Christ rather than with our own good works. Isn't that amazing? Man, I just think about how many times we're sticking leaves on ourselves. And I know you've heard me say this before. But it's probably covered with works of what? How do you know that there are works that are not Christ? The key word was, is guilt. You actually feel guilt. You know what? I was talking to my brother when I first came to this ministry. And he goes to a Catholic church. And he said to me, okay, Lee, I, you know, you're changed. Remember, you know, Catholic church. I'm Pis I was Episcopalian. Stand, sit, kneel, quiet, reverence, the atmosphere. But you felt nothing. You know what I mean? Okay, so when he said, hey, Lee, I've seen you've gotten really radical. You've gotten really, and he goes, look, I love you, but if I see you laying hands on anybody, that's it. I disconnect you. <laughs> it was kind of cute. But I was like, Leroy, I said to him. I said to him on the phone, I said, come on. Don't you want more just, just sitting in the pews in the Catholic church? Don't you, don't you want more? I wanted more. I said, don't you know there's more? And he was like, yeah, there's more. He goes, I just write a check out every week. There's nothing wrong with that. That was This is what the thing is so awesome. That's all he's ever been what? Taught. That was all we were ever taught. We were good check writers. You know what I mean? And he did that. And I was like, Leroy, there's more. There's more. What was he telling me? Was he a man with the red robe of righteousness? Or did he have the figs on him? He had the figs because he doesn't, we don't know any better. Adam and Eve just did what they had to do to do what? Cover themselves. Because they were in a place they didn't know. When it's time for us to identify that we've tried to cover ourselves and it's time to step into that robe, it can only happen by a sacrifice. Now, I want you to hit this. 
How many times have you experienced something that somebody did for you that was a sacrifice for them? And they suffered because of something you did. I am serious. I can go on a bunch of stories because of growing up in an abusive household. Taking something that you, sh you didn't need to take, but yet God needed it to happen. Come on, we all have experience. Come on, you could have been abused as a child. Do you know what I mean? And believe it or not, those are sacrifices. Do you know what I mean? That when he redeems you back and puts the red rope of righteousness on you, he can change all that situation. He can deliver. He can heal. He can change the thinking as it goes along. He wants us to remember that we are in a marriage covenant with him. Okay, now we're going to hit something. Our goal is to be able to wear the white robe. Remember, Jesus comes back wearing what? White. And so we have to grow. Right now, that robe is on the floor. It's not, there's no life in it yet. Okay, it's going to be filled with his life. But he says, you have to put out your hand and you have to now what? Do take from that tree of life. Okay, come on. How much, how many of us are having a hard time receiving? You know what I mean? When he already says, I've redeemed you. Now I need you to come and what? Take. Now, let me show you. Now I want you to build here with me because his lessons, it is good. Spiritually, we have a marriage with Christ. Our spirit, when we accept him in the red robe, now his spirit is alive. So he can take. So he can eat. So he can grow into this robe. All right. So now there's life. But guess what's not renewed? The mind. Every time he stands up and something happens to him. And his soul is not renewed in an area, okay? And so he does something wrong. It could be non-trusting. It could be a fear. It could be a deception. It could be controlling. It could be cursing. It could be cursing. And, and, and he has one of these moments. The first thing he does is you take the robe off and you go back to your, so making your own fig leaves. All right? And then you repent. And then what do you do again? You put that, that you put the back red robe because you're like, there's got to be something more. You're like, there's got to be something more to this. If he didn't give up on Adam and Eve, then he didn't give up on me. How many times did we throw the red robe off? Right? We throw the red robe off and we put the stickies and we're on the stickies. Okay, zip yourself back up. You're keeping that robe on, right? I threw it off today. Yeah, threw it off. Ah, right. And because you want to go back to trying to cover yourself. I'm going to tell you right now, the moment you feel like covering yourself, do not divorce yourself from the marriage covenant. God came. He gave a sacrifice. How do you know it's God? There is a what? Sacrifice. To keep that robe on, he already died for that sacrifice. All right? So keep this in mind. Go to, please. So that was awesome. Go to, please. All right, I got that. Go to Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. Malachi chapter 2, verse 13. I really want you to follow something that God has really revealed to me on this. Because I'm, I just finished, I really, this revelation just finished up today. And that's what I love about Pastor Maldonado and his discipleship book. He, the, I do get, it's awesome revelation that you do build from it. Malachi. Okay. All right, here we go. I got the right one. 
for the Lord God of Israel. Now remember, Israel is the what? Mature Christian. When you know Israel, he, Jacob's name, when you read the Old Testament like that, you read it, because remember, the word is to help you. So for the Lord God of Israel says that he what? God hates what? Divorce. For it covers one's garment with violence. Stand back up, Daniel. The moment he wants to divorce from the covenant with God who gave a sacrifice for him, unzip it, tear it off. Violent. Yes, that's it, right. For it covers one, it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed of your what? Spirits that you do not deal treacherously. That means you better take a second thought. Hold on. You did drop one leak. <laughs> that means you better take that to your spirit. Because the moment you drop off that red robe, you're not trying to hear his spirit. That's a lowercase spirit. That is your spirit. And you have to, you, 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 you actually cause yourself to drop the power of the red robe. You lose, you lose your covering of the blood when you deny it. Divorce means to terminate. Sometimes we, we, we respond so fast or react. Sometimes, how many times have you said, that's it, I'm done with that relationship? Come on. I am done with that relationship. I deserve better. Okay, so put the room back on. <laughs> I love you, Daniel. <laughs> put the room back on. All right. I want you to recognize that our first marriage is us and Christ. It's not your spouse. It's you and God. There is no real marriage. You don't even know. You could be married to somebody. And you don't even know that person until each of you has your marriage aligned with God. Then, wow. So the moment you divorce God, you've divorced everything else in your life. And you don't even know you're doing it. You actually, it's like a wave that goes out. When you violently take off that robe, because that's what it does. It says divorce does what? Covers one's garment with violence. Come on. When violence happens, it's hard to forget it. When we have violently been abused, come on, have we forgot it? All right, so this is where God works in our heart because he doesn't want us to violently divorce him. He doesn't want us to divorce him. In fact, he says he wants us to have this great relationship with the love of our youth, with the, with the wife of our youth. That's the verse before this, the wife, okay? Remember, our relationship with Christ is like a marriage, and it's a process, because he wants to get the best to you. He hasn't given up on Daniel. It doesn't make a difference how much violence he has brought on his robe. All he has to do is step it back what? On. And you can't see that. All right. So remember, God hates spiritual divorce. It covers our garments with violence. It's determination. Please open up. Please go to Ezra. How many, how many have we ever listened to that book? Ezra? Let me tell you, God gave, I was like loving that book. Ezra chapter nine, verse one. We're going to walk through a, ver a few verses here. And I'm going to teach you about if you just keep the leaves on, you cannot bear fruit. If you take that robe off, you cannot bear fruit because Christ is the only thing in our life 
that can bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, uh, kindness, self-control, patience, all those things. It says, okay, Ezra 1, 9. When these things were done, okay, now this is kind of cool. When these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, the people of who? Israel, mature Christian, and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the land. Okay, so when you tear the robe off in divorce and violence, you don't have to do it, but just stand up here with me. <laughs> it says, it says here that you, why have you done that? Because you have not separated yourself from, now let me tell you, from the peoples of the land in his soul. We have little people that talk to us in our soul, right, Mamie? That was the best way she got the understanding. We have a soul. You can sit here, stand right there for a second. And in this soul, there are little unbelievers crawling around. They're like locusts. And they swarm. We have another teaching on that. We, how they grow, right? But it says, even a mature Christian, even a priest, and even a Levite who's called to tend to the church, they tear off and divorce themselves because they have not been what? Separated from the peoples of the land. Anytime you see land, he's talking about the New Testament garden land. That is your soul. With respect to the abominations of, now, I could do a whole teaching of this. Todd would love this teaching. I could break down the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jubizzites, the Ammonites, the Mobabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites, right? Each one of them stands for a deception. Each one of them stands for a people and something that's a, a, a word that is not a thought that is not subjugated by the word of God. Each one of those, in fact, they said, do not marry into those lands because my people, he didn't want his people. So now in Daniel's head is a Canaanite, a Hitty, a Perez, a Jubicite, a Amorite, a Mobabite, an Egyptian, and an Amorites all crawling in here, right? Every time he does what? Divorce and be violent against that robe, that covering. What's he doing? He's given into that deception. And so go to the next verse too. You can sit, Daniel. That's good. I appreciate you, Daniel, working with me on this. It says, for they have taken some of their what? Daughters as wives. Who are you married to? And don't be looking at your spouse right now. I'm talking about who is your land married to? Is it going to be married to an idol? Is it going to be married to a career? Is it going to be married to something that God did not lead you to? So he says, for they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons. That means I'm teaching it to my kids. I can take on that Jezebite or that, that Canaanite thought. And then I can actually turn around and start teaching it to somebody else. I can start actually generating that down generations. It says, for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed, ouch, is mixed 
with the people of those lands. Okay, guys, work with me. Every single one of you in you has a spirit, a regenerated spirit. It is pure. It is pure hearted. When you are not willing to be married and covered by the blood, you have just said, I am married to that other thought. And you have given it dominion to do what it does. And we are not called to have, the spirit wants to have dominion of our soul, but things have got to, we got to work out that salvation. We got to work out that process. Come on. The more you grow in the word and you worship, you know, when one of those little things are acting up, you almost feel dizzy. You, sometimes you feel sick. Like you want to throw up. What is it? Okay. That means it's just time for one of them to be what? Delivered. And when it, what, it doesn't want to be delivered, you start taking the zipper down, right? Go ahead, Daniel. I love it. You start taking the zipper down and you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it. But then you're like, no, I'm going to stay covered by the blood. You hold on to that garment. He never meant to, for you to make your covering. He wants to be your covering. All right, next verse. Oh, hold on. Wait, I didn't finish that. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and the rulers have been foremost in this trespass. That means the mature Christian Israel, the, pre, the, the priests and the Levites, they have been in this trespass. How many of you been to a church that's all fig-leafed? The Catholic church, the Episcopal church. It's a man-made rule of books. Do you know what I mean? Man-made prayers, not being taught how to even get the revelation of God coming through me. Okay? So it says, and I love this, the leaders and the rulers have been foremost in this trespass. This ministry here is to get people on the pure relationship of marriage from your soul to your spirit, right up to God, so you can be who you were born to be. Called to be who you were called to be. Next verse. Remember, we don't want the holy seed mixed with the lie. But let me tell you, when the holy seed comes close, those little critters in your head, they start acting up. They start acting up. They want to win. They want to keep their generational territory to squeeze out the progression of God's people. Come on, think about it. Homosexuality. I mean, it's really rampant in my family. And I'll tell you, all it wants us to do is to stop reproduction. Yeah, that's it. That's what it, it wants to stop the mantles and the growing and the development of God's kingdom in my family, which he doesn't want to do that. Do you know what I mean? But that's what those things, the mobabites, all those little ites, they are just like little bugs running in your head. Locusts is swarming. So you won't do what God is telling you to do. It is so awesome. The verse says, so when I heard this thing, I tore my what? Garment and my robe. And I plucked out some of the hair in my head and beard. And I sat down astonished. That means when the truth becomes revealed, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, you're doing so good. When the truth becomes real and you realize that this is not God, oh, you want to do what? You just want to tear that garment, fall to your feet. <laughs> and you just want to, and you're just so, you are so, when you find out that you have that truth 
of that lie and you really know you're covered by the blood, what happens? You are broken. Isn't this good? Next verse. Next verse. It says, Then everyone who trembled at the words of God of Israel assembled to me because of the transgression of those who had been carried away captive. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. All right. What's so awesome is when we become humbled, when do we become humbled? When the lie becomes very evident that it's in us. And now, back in the Old Testament, we had to do it. We, they had to do what? Now they had to go give a sacrifice. But if we wear the red robe, we get to, we stand up after being fallen on the ground and you stand up and you know you wear you are covered by the what? Blood. So when you become humble to know it, you need to stand up and know who is you, who are you in covenant with? Who are you married to? Well, here we go. The moment he fell down, he dropped two of these. He got three. Look at this. He dropped, he dropped one. He dropped two. He dropped three. He dropped four of these. So right there, just by knowing the word of God, just in the second of the sacrifice, four got four fell off. In that powerful next verse. Next verse. At the evening sacrifice, I arose from my fasting. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you know it, you can't even what? You can't even eat. You actually said it's time to be what? Delivered. And having torn my garments in my road, I fell to my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord your God. Come on. How many of us been there? Come on. When it's time for that change, the time for you actually start knowing. Remember I read now, I said, now Adam had to do what? Reach his hand out, take and eat from the tree of life. But that doesn't happen until you recognize where you're to be because Jesus came and he already showed us the process because he had to kill a blood animal so we could wear that robe. Praise God. Next verse. And as I said, Oh my God, I am too ashamed and I'm humiliated to lift my face unto you. My God for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads. Okay, our iniquity has risen higher than our heads. Now I'm going to tell you, please jump for one second. And our guilt has grown up to the heavens. You can sit up. Put up 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4. We're going to hit something. God is the, the blood of the lamb is our covering, is our garment. It says, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors God. That means when our head is full of the Jebites, the Moabites, and all that thing, and you are praying and prophesying, and you've decided there, that's, you're doing that? You just did what? Didn't honor God. Go back to the other verse. Go to Ezra. You have just dishonored God. And then if the man has dishonored God, then the woman, 
Hey, we're, we're their glory. We're their glory. This, if this is my husband, then I am married to him, and he's, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then, I, <laughs> then, I'm, then I am, that's what I'm covered with. Man, now, but I'm going to tell you guys something. We're not picking on men because I'm going to show you where our job is. See, there's something maybe we're not doing right that's forcing him to connect with those things. All right. Come on. We have an assignment here, too. All right. So I said, oh, my God, I'm too ashamed and I'm too humiliated to lift up my face to you. Oh, my God, for our iniquities have what? Risen higher than our what? Heads. Who's our head? Jesus Christ. And our guilt has grown up to the heavens. So you're either going to keep that robe on, Daniel, stand up, or you're going to do what? What you're tempted to do? To divorce and open yourself back up to all your fig leaves that you cover yourself with. All right, but we're not going to go back there. All right. Next verse. Ezra, the next one. It says, since the days of our father, since the days of our father, to this day, we have been what? Very guilty. Remember what it said, even Israel, the, uh, the priest and the Levites, they've been doing this. That's the shock of the people. And for our iniquities, we, our kings and our priests, have been delivered into the hand of the kings of the land, to the sword, to captivity, to plunder, to humiliation, as it is this day. How many people you know are in captivity? Come on. How many people are getting killed by the sword? Yep. How many people are being put to plunder and to humiliation this day because Israel, the priest, and the Levites are still in this trespass? Are Israel's our priests, our Levites, still don't hold on to their robe. They divorce the robe, and they bring violence on their cover. Come on. If the word says that they're still doing it, how are we to grow up? Where do we grow up? Man, we have to see examples and know that. What verse is that? Go to the next verse. This is awesome. I love it. I love the word of God because we can't mess up. Because if you, I, all I was doing was praying and asking God, tell me more about covering. Tell me more about covering. I'm telling you how this, this manifested. It, I, you, God wants to show us things when we ask. I mean, I say this in wonder. I say this in awe because I couldn't even put all this together. And you, you won't be able to find it in a book because it came from the father to me. Do you get what I'm saying? To tell somebody else. And now the order, it's like, oh, it gets better. And now, for a little while, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us as a what? A remnant to escape and to give us a what? A peg in his holy place that our God may be what? Enlightened our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. Okay, so that means when he's down on the ground, now for a little while, come on, even though how guilty your guilt is as high as the heavens, 
He comes and he's like, he leaves us a remnant to escape. That's the red robe. He leaves, he already gave the sacrifice. He gave the sacrifice so Adam and Eve could not wear fig leaves that they made. They actually wore a skin of an animal sacrifice. Who's our sacrifice? Jesus Christ. Because he said, our God, he wants to enlighten our eyes. That means everybody's got to go through it. Everybody has a soul full of little critters. Everybody's soul. And he does this so that he gives us this place in the holy place. And I love it. And he gives us a measure of what? Revival. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. He actually gives us that moment to know grace is in us, but grace has to fall down on us. That's what happened. So there was already grace in Daniel because he saved. But every time he rips that robe off, put that robe off, drops a couple of those spots, things, not good, right? He experienced a measure of God's revival because when he recognizes it and he sees that he has it, grace now falls on him. And now revival comes because we have a God who sent his son so we could live a resurrected life. Come on, how may it feel when it comes up from the ground and then grace comes right from the heaven? And you know you are forgiven. You know you are forgiven. But you got to want to recognize, I don't want to be in the wrong place. You want to say, Holy Spirit, expose me. And I'm going to tell you, if you ask for the exposure, he'll do it so awesome. But if you don't ask for it and you fight it and it's your time, yeah, there's a little scourging that can happen. You know what I mean? It gets a little painful. But praise God, we have a God who never gives up on us because he's a God of covenant. He's a God that will never give up on us. We have, we, we're the ones who rip the robe off and we add violence. All right. Awesome. Was that good? All right, please go too. Here we go. So now, what is the sign that you have a good marriage? All right, I just signed of a, I just gave you the signs of a shaky marriage. But we all got to have a shaky marriage before we have a what? Good marriage. We would never appreciate a good marriage if we didn't have a shaky marriage. In fact, you know what the word perfect means? The end. Perfect means the end. If you're perfect, you're done. You're already finished. I don't need you're, Hey, you're perfect. Come on. How many times have you been somebody? You think you're so perfect. That means they thought they were it. That was all that's going to be. Right? And they, serious. Come on. We've all played the fig leaf of I'm perfect. Let me sew them up enough. I am so perfect. Right? All right. I laugh because... The word is so good to me, I am telling you. All right, let me remind you something of yourselves. Please go to Deuteronomy if you want to follow along with me because it's awesome when we, it's good to write in our Bibles. I want to remind you something about each and every one of you first. Put up Deuteronomy 7, 7. Okay, I'm going to remind you something so awesome about each and every one of you says, the Lord did not set his love on you, nor chose you, because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the what? The least of all people. That means you had so much junk? Come on. 
Yeah, he's got some work to do. He says he's here to perfect our salvation. He wants to redeem us. What it, the one verse said, a little grace. He keeps giving a little bit more grace, a little bit more grace, a little bit more grace until we get the flow of it. And then we become so transparent. We're like, oh, I want something. I want something to be changed. <laughs> you start begging for the change more than trying to figure out what you have to be changed. Sometimes we can come to him before we even figure it out. Change me. There is something not right. I'm not prospering. Prospering means what? I taught last week a result. We have to have res What are results? Fruit. We have to have fruit. Next verse, 7, 8. But because the Lord loves you, Daniel, <laughs> and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty what? What did Adam have to do after he put God put the skin robe on him? He had to put his hand out and he had to eat and take from the tree of life. God will always bring his mighty hand. His hand is always going to come down. God's hands like this. I don't know how to, I, I mean, I don't know how to do this except for, I, just, I got it. Okay. If you just move up, scoot over a little bit. God is always standing up like this and his hands here. Yeah, but will, will Mamie wearing the sacrifice covered by the blood, will she reach out to it? So sit there and just write like you're writing. She's not even working it knowing what's going on, but God's hands like this. Okay, so now when she realizes something, Boom. It says, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, which is one of the little critters in the soul, keeping you in bondage. So the whole time I'm walking and the hand of God is right there. But I, do I know the instruction? Adam was told to reach out his hand. And grab his hand. We wear the robe of, we wear the, we're to wear the robe of righteousness. We are to know that we're covered in the blood. And we just know that hand is always there. But you can't even see it till you fall down to the ground. And you realize, and it's time to enlighten you of your change. And you can't stay down. He wants you to look up. And he needs you to reach up. And he need, you need to hold on to that life. You need to hold on to that life. Isn't that beautiful? So I'm reminding you, I'm reminding you, you were, it doesn't make a difference how many number there is and how, whatever good things you've done, you were not picked because of that. You were chosen because you were the least. Hey, we're the least. We can be the smallest in number and have the greatest power. I am glad I was the loser of the family, right? <laughs> I'm glad I was the black sheep. I'm glad that this happened to me. You should be rejoicing in everything that has ever happened to you. Because if you're sitting in these chairs, you're learning this, then you were considered, you are his top-notch people. Because he's got to have you in that place of humility to know that his hand, when it meets your hand, brings life. I see you. All right. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. Verse 8, verse 1. Deuteronomy 8, 1. 
All right, praise God. Isn't this good? All right, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to do what? Observe. God doesn't want us to be reactors. He wants us to be responders. And anybody who responds always what? Observes before they do anything. It says, I co- every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. That you may live and what? Multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your father. So let me tell you something. What did he swear to your father? For your fathers, for you to wear a robe of righteousness. Come on up. Next verse. Daniel's working the scene. And you shall remember the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. So while you've been working out this red robe, he says, all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. And to what, everybody? Test you to know what it what was in your heart. I'm going to tell you right now, you are not going to wear this until he knows what is in your heart. And it says, whether you will keep his commands or not. Next verse. So he humbled you. He allowed you to what? Hunger. And he fed you with what? Manna which you did not know. Now here's a kicker. Nor did your fathers know. Here we go. We cannot be a copy of anybody. The time you wear the robe of righteousness is when God gives you something he's never given anybody else. So now he'll always be covered in the blood. But now... When he actually received manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by what? This is so deep. Let me tell you this. I I mean, I've read this verse many times. But what does it mean, man shall not live by bread alone? That means... I'm not going to take a book. I'm not going to read it. And then all I'm going to do is say what's in that book. And not, and that's it. I just take and eat off another man's revelation. When God says, I have a revelation just for you. So guess what? You may be in this ministry, and this is a fathering ministry. But this ministry is no good to you if you don't go out these doors and you don't come running back and say, Let me show you what the Father gave me. And then it helps somebody else. Remember, we're a body. We're not here to have one man in charge. We are a body. God can give me something that only God could give me for somebody else. And I am wearing his what? White robe of righteousness. It says that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. That means we cannot live off everybody's revelation. You got to go home and get what did God have for you? Look at these visions. God, God gave these to Gene to help teach the word of God. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't make a difference whatever father Gene has had in in, in his growth. 
They didn't give that to him. His father gave it to him to help father the people into relationship to get their own manna, to get their own direction, their own instruction. It says, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So if you have this on, guess what? You have gotten rid of most of these spots and you can hear what God tells you to do. Sit down. (laughs) Get it? I was being silly. Sit down. He listened, right? He heard it just like that, right? Okay. (laughs) Just like that. Sit down. I just mean that cute, meaning like it's very important for us to know if you really have the red robe on, you know that he's giving you something that's just for you. He wants you to have the instruction. A true disciple doesn't eat off stale bread. Come on. A saltine's good when you first have it, but if it sits in the shelf for a couple months and you're starving, that's a bleh. How many people spit out a saltine? Right here, right? That is, a, that is, if we disconnect ourselves, remember, when you divorce yourself from hearing him, you create violence on your robe. That's what the word says. The moment he could be wearing that white chest robe, right? And he could, he could totally go the other way and he could start tearing off, adding violence to his robe. So praise God, the Holy Spirit is the way. He's the source. We have to be in that relationship with him. Marriage to old things. Now I'm going to mention some things. How many times have I said, well, if it works for them, it'll work for me. Okay. There are principles in the Bible that work. But if they're not led by the Holy Spirit, you will never receive the fullness of that. All right. So remember, listening to other wives Who are you married to? Are we going to be married to the Lord so we can hear him tell us what we need to do? It's awesome. All right. I want to end this. I think I did pretty good, didn't we? Wait, what verse? Oh, last verse. Go 8-4. That's it. Uh, See, how could I miss this verse, right? It says your garments... Your garments. Now, when you wear the garments, you have the robe of righteousness and you have covered in the blood. It says your garments did not wear out on you. Those fig leaves might fall off, but your garments did not wear off, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. That means when we stay in that right connection, you will always, you will be a, a fig tree that produce fruit. You will actually be it. Now, let me just run through these few little notes, which I think are really important. Let me talk about the, I do want to talk about wives a little bit because that's not just for men. Women need to stay connected to the, they need to stay connected. In fact, just to make you, some of you wives feel good, go to um, chapter, Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to show you something special all you women have. This is really beautiful. Go to verse... 9, 11, 9. Now, this is for women. And guys, this is awesome. Respect your wives. Because the first wife, remember, we want to be married to who? God through Christ. We want that oneness working through us. It says, 
Man, nor was man created for woman, but woman was for the what? Man. Isn't that awesome? Girls, we're supposed to be created for a guy, you know? Next verse. It says, for this reason, the woman ought to have a what? Symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Now, when a man knows his place, a woman's job is not to beat up a man and tell him everything he does wrong and how he doesn't satisfy her and this is a messed up marriage. If you know that Christ is his head and that he is your head, then it says that you ought to have a symbol of authority on your head. But it says because of the angels. Now, I'm going to teach a little bit more of this later because that's a deep revelation. But when a woman prays for a man, not because of about what he doesn't do for her, when he prays for those robes, for him not to divorce his robe from Christ, when you pray for your husband's salvation, when you pray for his advancement, when you pray for him, there is a crown of authority that rests on a woman's head. Not because her husband's so perfect and the, per- you know what I'm saying? We all don't have the star shining quarterback, but in Christ, the least of us is the quarterback. Look at Mike. Mike's like, I am the quarterback and don't even know right. But what I'm saying is they are because the word says that the least of us is the greatest. When a woman doesn't beat her man up or her dad, if a woman loves a man, a brother, a husband, a dad, do you know the power that we women have in prayer? We have the ability to help a man step into his headship with Christ and to help lift him up through our prayers. And he says, we actually a covering, a man's covering to a woman, that woman wears a symbol of authority in the spirit. And you know why? Why does the enemy attack the woman? Because those prayers for him are so valuable that it wants to mess with the woman. Come on. How many women have been messed with not to pray for the man that's covering them in Christ? I'm serious. There is a symbol of authority on her head and the enemy beats her down. Enemy beats her down to think that man's a loser. Where are we going? The bills aren't getting paid. This isn't working. Boom. He just got you to work and speak against the headship. Come on. I'm being serious. All right. We got to know. We, we want our husbands delivered. We want them sanctified. We want them seeing who they are in Christ. We have, come on. There's a song out there I love so much right now. And it's when, it's, it's a journey, a song. Oh, I'd love to play it right now. That'd be so good. But it's when a man sees a woman and in her eyes, he knows she's the one to bring him. Like, that's the one that brings him life. Okay, well, Christ is the only one that can bring man life. If he puts his hand out to do what? Take from the tree of life. But a woman's prayers can help all this movement. A woman's prayers, we don't, we, we don't even realize our power as women. Do you know what I mean? And every woman, whether you're single or not, women can be praying. My husband's Jesus. But I know every man that I'm connected to in this ministry that my prayers, because God has brought me to this ministry to lead, that in here, my prayers for Daniel, my prayers, Daniel, my prayers for, 
I don't know your first name. Brian, my prayers for Michael, my, Christopher, Todd, Carl, all the guys, the men in here. My prayers mean something to God for those men because he's called me here to help rear them up, not beat them up. Come on. So here's the review for today. Ready for the review? Did everybody like this? Remember a fig. A fig is a wrinkle. A wrinkle represents works. We're going to iron out the wrinkles of our what? Robe. Our robes are wrinkled. Let me take this for a sec. Stand up. If we are not working at hearing God's voice and having our, our, and having our in the natural, our robe is just wrinkled. Okay? But when we put the robe on, it's time to iron out the wrinkles. Okay? So we will produce figs, not just leaves. We will have fruit. We will bear fruit. Okay? See, I love this man so much. I am praying for this man. And look at the woman. She can dress him. Right? I am dressing Daniel. I love you, Daniel, in the mighty name of Jesus. You are covered in the blood. And you are going to become the man of God that he has called you to be. And then that's the, way, that's the way we should be to each other. Do you get what I'm saying? How selfish are we when we don't do that? When we have that ability to bring the unity of the body. And we just have to understand that when you choose to develop with another, you're helping them through their works. Men, you're helping your wives through their works by loving her, taking care of her. But you're no good unless you're getting something from the father that he only gave you. Amen. All right. So a garment, remember, is sacrifice to get his word for you, for your problem. Man, we got to wear the garment. We're not taping leaves, fig leaves on ourselves. You want the fruit that will last. Don't eat stale crackers. I already said that. To do that, you have to go up to Jerusalem every morning, not go to worship centers. A worship center, that's great. We're a worship center. We want to build a worship. I'm all good with that. But if that worship center becomes more important than each of one of yours worship at home, then let's, let's just kill this now. Our job is to help people get into his relationship so we can build something to help a mass of people. But if that building became, that's all we think is our covering, we have missed it. If the system of that building becomes our covering, we have missed it. I need everybody in here to go up to Jerusalem, to have your altar at home. Keep your robe on. Keep the blood on. Keep working out that robe of righteousness in your works. But let it be the works he tells you, not what he tells another. Don't get me wrong. God can use people through prophecy. But here's the important thing, to confirm what you already know. If you're not in relationship and a prophet comes up and talks to you, you're like, ah, I don't know, I wasn't talking to God about that. Okay, meaning you got to judge, you know your relationship. Hey, I've asked God, tell me something that I'm in disobedience. Man, I walked in here, there was a prophet, and the prophet said, you asked to know something. Yeah, wow, that was fast, right? But I asked, ask and he will give you an answer. All right. Keep in mind, please, which this is awesome, that we want your fruit to last. You have to go up to Jerusalem. Blessings of obedience is staying in your marriage with Christ. 
everything else will work. Everything else will work. Everything will work. He is not a God that his word lies. He is the God of the truth. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's not changing his order here. He needs to bring us down to bring us up, but he also needs us to seek him so we know the answer of what to do. So we're not tossed to and fro. Our testimony and our teaching is to motivate people to go up to Jerusalem, not to copy each other. Come on, I get concerned when people want to dress like the minister, look like the minister, do everything like the minister, and all you're choosing is man's covering. Adding fig leaves, not wearing the robe of sacrifice. Come on, sacrificing is being in time with him. No time for stale crackers. So fig tree, let me see. I think I got everything. We are in a marriage covenant with Christ. I think I did get everything. Isn't that good? We are not to be hidden. We are to uphold the covenant of marriage. I like it. Remain fruitful. Remain fruitful to your course. Everybody's course is different. But if you stay in him, he bumps you right where you need to be. Whether the idols, the career, whatever you're married to, all you have to do is say, okay, God, take away all the false wives. Watch it. He's ready to drop it. He just waits for your calling out, which means you're reaching your hand out into the tree of life. Praise God. Was that good? Praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. God wants us all to love each other so much that when they come in, come on, can't you visualize it? People come in the door and all you see is fig leaves all over, right? Some of them are really fluffy. Do you know what I mean? And some of them are just really, you know what I'm saying? Like we put style in those things, right? But let me tell you the most beautiful thing I see in this ministry. When I see it starting to fall off the person. Oh my gosh. Because if you, as you go through it and then you see somebody else, you love that they're getting in intimacy with God because you could only feel and look that way because you're in relationship with him. Man, and you're learning about the humility of, the, of wearing the covering of the what? The blood of Jesus Christ. He really died so we could be connected to God and move as he wants us to move. So I just praise God and I honor him because you know what? What comes with that rope is persecution. Persecution of who? All the little thoughts in the souls trying to attack you from moving along and receiving what God has for you. Eating from the tree of life of what God has for you. All right, praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this word. Lord, I thank you that you revealed that we are clothed in you and that we don't have to make our own man-made label. Lord, I thank you that we were each knitted in our mother's womb to be created and to grow and learn through grace little by little so we can experience the manifested power and demonstration of Jesus Christ in our life so we can pass that on to others and so we can expand the borders of the kingdom of Savannah. Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the true source of truth that you have given to us so you could guide us, help us, and teach us. Lord, thank you for reminding that there's equal opportunity for everybody, but we're all uniquely and differently created to still grow and do what you have asked us to do. Lord, I thank you for the robe of righteousness that you want all of us to wear. Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, so that we can be covered in the blood as we grow and walk out our development in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.